and welcome to Frock Flicks, the historical costume movie podcast. And I'm your host, Tristan L. Bass, here with our original Broadway recording cast of Sarah Lorraine. Kendra Van Cleave. <laughs> and we're here at Costume College 2015. <laughs> and we're doing a very special podcast. It's called Wait, Wait, Don't Frock Me. It's obviously based on the NPR show of the very similar name. And it's a quiz-style podcast. We're not actually podcasting about a movie or a TV show this time. We're quizzing you, our live studio audience. Give it up for us. All right, we're going to start with our first listener contestant, who is going to be Kayla. If she could come up here. Kayla. So, and introduce yourself and tell us where you're from. Um, I'm from Berkeley, California, so Hometown. same area as you guys. Woo! Yay! And right now I'm really into the 18th century. That's fabulous. And, and you got to describe for the podcast audience what you're wearing, because this is adorable. Oh, I'm wearing a vintage 50s, 60s dress. It's like a swirl wrap dress, and it has Regency and late Georgian fashion plates all over it. Super cute. Did you make it? No, it's oh, vintage. Is it really? Yeah. Oh my god, that's pretty awesome. I was like, can I go on Spoonflower and get that? That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. All right, well, you're going to play our first game. And Kendra, what game is he or she here for? You'll be playing a game we call Who's Tristan This Time? <laughs> Tristan is going to read you three quotations about historical costume movies or TV shows. And your job is to correctly identify just two of the quotes to win a prize. Here's your first quote. Lizzie Borden was a tomboy and wore... No, nope, not Lizzie Borden. <laughs> Lizzie Borden? <laughs> and this is why we end. <laughs> Thank you. That's a different show. Yeah. I'm a goth and it just leaks out. <laughs> Lizzie Bennett was a tomboy and wore earth colors because she loved the countryside. Jane was more refined, yet it's still a bit slapdash and homemade because the Bennetts have no money. Designer Jacqueline Duran said this about the costumes she created in 2005 for Kira Knightley and others in what pig-filled Jane Austen <laughs> film adaptation. Oh, that's easy. That one's Pride and Prejudice. Excellent. Yes. Or, or as we know it, Pride and Prejudice and pigs. <laughs> All right. The next quote is about a movie that was the topic for our latest podcast. The film A Little Chaos featured costumes by Joan Bergen, who had the challenge of fitting around this actress's pregnancy. I had huge, huge breasts. And at a certain point, there really isn't any place to put them. So these things either go up or they go down. But you're like, do I have any space in my armpits for these things? <laughs> what actress and second time Ellen Rickman co-star said that about her 17th century costumes in this movie? Kate Winslet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we already said it, a little chaos. She and she was pregnant during filming. And I'm paying attention. <laughs> Solidarity. That's right. Not, not about the pregnancy, about the where do I put the boobs. <laughs> All right, and your last quote is from TV costume designer Meredith Markwork Polak, who raves about the designer gowns she uses. Alexander McQueen became the go-to for Queen Mary. The opulence, the strength, and the historical <laughs> references 
purchases are just ever flowing in McQueen. I rent and purchase pieces from the collections. What series on the CW about an ill-fated 16th century Scottish queen gets this haute couture treatment that Mark Work Polak describes? Rain. Yes! That's right. Well, you got all three. So you get our prize Thank today. You. Yay! Thank you. Thank you, Kayla. for our next game and we'll introduce yourself. We're gonna have another guest here for our next game. Hi, I'm Tracy Corrin. Excellent. Hi, Tracy. And you're wearing something lovely. Is this vintage? Did you make this? I made this. Oh, it's fabulous. And Thank so you. what era is it from? So this is 1930s. Fabulous. Yes. It's yeah. fun. Hot vintage? This is a Mella special, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all know that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so you're gonna play the game called Bluff the Customer, in which you must tell truth from fiction. What is our guest's topic, Sarah? Reduce, reuse, recycle. If you watch historical costume movies and TV shows closely, you'll notice that costumes get recycled from one production to another. But we found one show reusing costumes that you might not have expected. Each of us will tell you the behind-the-scenes story, though only one of us is telling the truth. Guess the true tale of recycled movie costumes and you'll win our prize. Okay. So, here's your first one. She's not just a good witch, she's a good recycling witch. That's right, Glinda the Good from 1939's The Wizard of Oz is wearing a reused dress. The famed couturier Adrian designed all the costumes for this iconic movie from scratch, but when it came to creating the look for that fantasy goody two-shoes, he turned to his 1930s film San Francisco, where he'd made a gigantic tool Victorian-esque ball gown for Jeanette MacDonald. The earlier movie had been black and white, while The Wizard of Oz was in glorious technicolor, so the reuse isn't noticeable at first, but if you look closely, it's the exact same dress with a few tweaks. Does that mean the Barbary Coast is no place like home? They can recycle our kilts, but they'll never take our freedom. <laughs> Terry Dresbach, costume designer for the popular Outlander series on stars, has admitted on her blog that she's under pressure to costume a large cast on a tight budget and short timelines. So she was thrilled to find a cache of kilts left over from Braveheart while rummaging through Angel's costume warehouse outside of London. I read online that kilts weren't historically accurate for the 16th century, Dresbach said but I believe they're right for the 18th century. And what series producer, writer, and my husband, Ronald and I believe is right is good enough. The dozen Braveheart kilts will be worn by extras in a battle scene at the end of season two. Spoiler alert. There's no spoilers in history. <laughs> or it can finally be revealed why Anne Boleyn's pink silk gown from Wolf Hall was so wrinkly in the bodice. It was recycled. Series costumer Joanna Eatwell let slip in a History Extra podcast that, while she had custom-made all the other gowns for Anne, because of the actress Claire Foy's tight schedule, the costume shop didn't get around to making one additional gown. So Eatwell went shopping at Cosprop with Foy's measurements and found the perfect gown that had first been made by Maggie Chappellhowe for the much-lauded 1996 TV version of The Prince and the Pauper. It was a close enough fit. But, yeah, a little wrinkly. 
So, only one of these stories of recycled movie costumes is true. Is it A, Glinda the Good Witch's gown recycled from San Francisco, or B, Outlander reusing kilts from Braveheart, or C, Wolf Hall using a gown from The Prince and the Pauper? I'm going to say it's C, Wolf Hall recycled The Prince and the Pauper outfit. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? <laughs> no, but it's what I'm going with. You're going you're gonna to go, sure go with that. Final answer? <laughs> don't worry. a friend? Well, now, you know, we're not, we're, we don't have Carl Castle's voice on your answering machine to, like, leverage. So, we, you know, but there's there nothing. there is a prize. There is a prize. But we're going to go with, you're going to go with C. You're really yes. going to go. Okay. She's yes. really committed. Okay. So it wasn't C. It was A. Glinda the Good Witch is wearing a recycled costume. That's Adrian right. didn't want to do the work twice. That's right. All right, let's have it. But, but, <laughs> oh, but we get but, a consolation prize. But, because we like you and you're dressed in a cute outfit, you get a prize anyway. Yay! Thank you. segment called Not My Costume. It's a game where we invite highly skilled people to talk about something they know nothing about. And our guest is Lauren from American Duchess. Yay! Come on down. So sparkling. Yeah. You have to tell us about that dress. Yeah, you have to. So for the listening audience, you have to describe what you're wearing. I am wearing the skin of a mermaid. <laughs> It is a uh, 1960s wool knit sheath from Hong Kong hand sequins. It's gorgeous. Thank you, and it's very tight. Yeah. <laughs> but worth it. Beauty oh, yes. Pain. Yes. <laughs> so, Lauren, your company makes very pretty shoes that customers love walking all over the place in. So our game today is called Walking on Broken Glass. <laughs> We're going to ask you three questions about the music video for Annie Lennox's song, Walking on Broken Glass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> music video is inexplicably set in an 18th century salon with Annie Lennox wearing a bright red pannier gown and her love interest John Malkovich is wearing a suit that he wore in the movie Dangerous Liaisons. Since all the actors are wearing historical outfits, can you name one other film or TV series that these historical costumes were originally made for? Is it A. Amadeus, B. Valmont, C, Black Adder, <laughs> D, Doctor Who. Can I curse? Yeah. Yes. 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 Do you know us? <laughs> Have you seen my shirt? <laughs> For the listening audience, I'm wearing a print that says, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Well, shit. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Are you going to guess Amadeus? Close, oh. <laughs> but not. <laughs> no cigar. No cigar. Actually, it was Doctor Who. Oh. 
specifically the two-parter title Black Orchid in 1982. And that story was actually not set in the 18th century, it was set in the 1920s, but it had a masquerade ball where they had a lot of 18th century costumes. Now here's an interesting, well, to be interesting, uh, 18th century <laughs> connection, because that Doctor Who serial was the first time since 1967 that they'd done a purely historical uh, series where the Doctor only stayed in the historical period. First time since um, an episode called The Highlander, which inspired the author of Outlander to write that series. So, yeah. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> so, Walking on Broken Glass also featured Hugh Laurie reprising um, his role as the moronic 18th century Prince Regent from Black, Black Adder. Yes, yeah. exactly. But it wasn't Laurie's first music video. Um, he actually was in another music video with, with a few other film and TV stars um, for which 1980s musician who also had an 18th century connection. Was it Madonna, Adam Ant, Kate Bush, or Visage? I don't even know who Visage is. I, I, anyone in the audience other than me? Yeah, okay, okay, somebody. somebody. Yeah, I've forced you. Um, I don't think it's Madonna, so I'm going to go with Adam Ant. Very close. And you know, because of course we have um, several times talked about Adam Ant on Frog Flicks, but it was actually Kate Bush. In 1980, I know, I, who knew? Uh, in 1986, she had a video for her song Experiment 4, which starred Hugh Laurie and um, Gary Oldman and Don French and others in an apocalyptic sci-fi scenario that was deemed too violent by Britain's Top of the Pops. <laughs> uh, and of course, and that, that video was for her Best Of album, which um, was released eight years after her song, Wuthering Heights. Mm. All right, see, we're, we're educational. Um, all right, the last one, the last one. <laughs> Guessing is good, you know, just, just throw it out there, <laughs> throw it out, just throw anything out there. So, the director of Walking on Broken Glass, Sophie Mueller, had a long collaboration with Eurythmics and Annie Lennox. But before she was an acclaimed music video director, she got her start in 1984 as an assistant on the successful horror movie, which, like Walking on Broken Glass, featured 18th century costumes. But it was based on a children's fairy tale. Was it... A, Beauty and the Beast, B, Little Red Riding Hood, C, The Red Shoes, or D, Snow White and Rose Red? Can she call a friend? <laughs> Help from the audience? I would like to call Google, please. <laughs> we'll get right on that. <laughs> Yahoo will let me down. Um, I'm going to guess. Uh, just, just throw it out uh, there. Beauty so. and the Beast? Beauty and the Beast? It could be. It could or be. maybe <laughs> it's something else. Um, I forgot the other ones already. Uh, <laughs> Red Riding Hood. Is it or Red Riding Hood? Red Riding Hood. Yeah! Company of Wolves, directed by Neil Jordan, and it had some really amazing pictures of 18th century costume, people in 18th century costume with wolf heads, because Ooh. the wolf, the big bad wolf was a werewolf in that one. 
So some so, really cool pictures. <laughs> so you wanted to ask me questions about something I knew nothing about, so you chose the 80s. <laughs> yes. Whippersnapper. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> well, for being such a good sport. Wah, wah. We, <laughs> but for being such a good sport, we still have prizes for oh, you. Oh, thank we you. Being on. Thank you. Yay! So Let's give it up for Lauren of American Duchess. Happy beat. I've got those happy beats. Give them a low down beat. Alrighty, we have one more guest, Kayla. Kayla, yes. Kayla. There she is. Yes. Excellent. Introduce yourself and tell us where you're from. Yes, I'm Kayla Roca and I'm from Houston, Texas. Fantastic. Oh, you came a long way. Actually, I flew in from Canada. Whoa. So. Hey, that's it's even longer. more complicated. By <laughs> have you come to costume college before? Yes, this is my seventh or eighth year. Oh, oh awesome. So you're always coming here from a yeah. distance. Yes. Well, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, thank you. Thank awesome. You. Well, fantastic. Um, well, you know what? We're going to do the rhyme warp again. It's time for the Costumer Limerick Challenge. <laughs> where you oh, have to hard. figure out the last word in the rhyme. You get two limericks right and you win a prize. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to just give you a hint. With this one, you have to listen to the rhyme of the first two lines. You picked something I'm terrible at, even though you're, I was an English a, major. You've but got you know, this. We are here with you. <laughs> okay. This is your first limerick. Need to start off the week with a fun day? Ogling gents who look hot is a great way. Historical costume dude beat work week blues. Catch frock flicks for man candy. Monday. Yes! I look very forward to Mondays. Oh, We've also Excellent. started doing Woman Candy Wednesday. A nice added touch. Yes, yes because we're representing both genders here. Good job. I'm yeah. impressed. We're equal opportunity leches over it. Probably. <laughs> So your next limerick is, some costume flicks are quite a mystery. The way they mix names, dates, and clothing gets twisty. A Francaise in the 1680s and pants on medieval ladies? Jeez, these movies love to play fast and loose with... History. Yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at this. You just made them very easy, so that's okay. All right. Thank try. you. Thank you. Okay, so third limerick. A white shirt, it is often remarked, is a gentleman's true trademark. But if he's handsome and lithe, shirtless, he should skive. We ladies prefer Ross. Poldark. Oh, yes. 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 Excellent shirt. Thank you very you much. Thank you very much. for all of our contestants. You've all been great. been fabulous, all of you. Thank you. And we'll close out the show with some predictions of what's coming up in historical costume dramas. 
You know, we're about to see the final season of Downton Abbey pretty soon. We've each taken a look into our crystal balls to predict what will happen with Lady Mary, the Dowager Countess, and the whole Crawley clan next season. First up, Kendra. All right, so this is what's going to happen on Downton Abbey. In a desperate bid to save Downton Abbey, Lady Mary decides to open it to the public as a nudist colony. <laughs> to everyone's surprise, the Dowager Countess jumps right on board and leads the morning yoga salute. <laughs> Lord Grantham retires to the hermit's hut in disgust. <laughs> A series of mysterious deaths is tr traced to Lady Sybil, risen from the grave as a vampire. <laughs> Only her d grandmother, the Dowager Countess, Vampire Hunter, has the power <laughs> to stop her in an epic showdown in the series finale. All right, I've consulted my crystal ball, and here's my prediction for the final season of Downton Abbey. Lady Mary's search for love and someone to shag leads her all the way to Los Angeles where she shacks up with Charlie Chaplin and his friends. <laughs> Nearly breaking up Douglas Fairbanks' marriage with Mary Pickford, the Granthams can suck it. Hooray for Hollywood! Woo! Well, if any of these happens, we'll blog about it on frockflix.com, we'll tweet about it at frockflix, and we'll post it on the frockflix Facebook page. We might even podcast it, so subscribe at iTunes. Thank you. Thank you so much to Costume College for hosting us with shout outs to Rebecca Thalen, who's been in the charge of the meetups and social media, and Megan Hensley, who's the hotel liaison, who I pestered earlier this evening. Thank you so much. And also a big thank you to our hotel, the Warner Center Marriott in Woodland Hills, California, which graciously allowed us the use of the conference room. And a big thank you to Thomas Dowry of Video Impressions, professional video and audio out of the San Francisco Bay Area, sjvideoimpressions.com, for helping upgrade our audio equipment for this podcast. Thank you so much for our studio audience one more time and all of our guests. We really appreciate your support. And we are done and out of here. Thank you.